Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor. we got to get Ray connected better. It's hard to hear him. But you are, uh, hey, it's Friday, baby. Let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, Today at gmail.com. Shoot us your emails. Check out RayandTayToday.com. Great interviews, tons of huge sports guests that we've had. Check it out. And um, listen, we're social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. You want it. We got it covered for you. We got a lot to talk about in a quick half an hour show. We'll get to the baseball and the Hall of Fame for Griffey and Piazza, some NBA. But let's start with the NFL. Ray, our heavy hearts, our guy, they are who we thought they are, the secondest winning African-American coach of all time. Dennis Green dies at 67 years old. He coached the Vikings. We know for that 51, that 15-1 season, he was the head coach of the uh, Cardinals. And just, just a great guy, a great coach, a good leader of men. And I was really saddened to hear this, uh, I guess, heart, heart cardiac failure. Uh, your thoughts and, and, and great memories of uh, Dennis Green, who kind of had it, his own tree and came from the Walsh, the Walsh tree. What are your thoughts and what do you remember fondly about Denny Green? So the first thing that comes to mind is that 67 is way too young. Uh, uh, people don't need to be dying. That's all we've 60s. been saying the last two years, you know. Yeah, 50s. We have some ex-ball players dying in their 50s. Now we have coaches dying in their 60s. That, that, that's way too young. Um, but it, he just commanded respect. We're having a hard time. You're breaking up, right? Even Hello? if even if you didn't agree, you, you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you better. Better. Even if he even if you didn't agree with his strategy, you knew that it was done for a reason, and he just commanded respect of his players. And the one thing that people forget is that. 1998 Minnesota Vikings team that went 15 and one took the Atlanta Falcons too e too lightly should have won and Anderson you know hadn't missed a field goal all year that team should have been a Super Bowl team so that's the one regret we that spoke I to Randall we spoke to Randall about that when he was on our show remember yeah Randall Cunningham was the quarterback of that team. Chris Carter and Robert Smith and a decent defense and Denny Oof, Ray Ray hold on been in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, well you're fading in and out, we're losing you. But um yeah, you know, you're right. It it was it's just so sad and a, a real great guy. His players, I heard Randy Moss and other players talk about him today. He was respected. He said, Listen, I treat you like men, I'm not gonna find you but don't be late. 
don't don't be disrespectful, don't do this, let me treat you like men, but then that means the responsibility of acting like men. And, um, you know, I think we all uh, can respect that, anybody that's ever played a sport. And, you know, it, it's just uh, it's, it's a shame. And the NFL has lost, uh, you know, a great guy and a great coach. Now, there's a lot of little news and notes. I One thing I got to say, the Jaguars – you know, kick the cans a little with Greg Hardy and maybe a potential little tryout just to see, you know, not saying they're going to sign him, but just in case they want some more pass rush, at least they know who Greg Hardy is. I guess they had him in for two days. I can't see that happening. He didn't do much for the Cowboys, and he's just, I don't know if he seems like the right guy or whatever. But then on the opposite side of that, our guy that we've always talked about, Ray Rice, He's gone so far to let teams know that if someone signs him, he will donate his entire salary to domestic violence victims. How do you kind of look at those two guys? And you still got to believe Ray could help a veteran team, even if he's third down special team. I, it's mind-boggling that Ray Rice has not gotten a chance. What are your thoughts on those two gentlemen real quick? I think Hardy has a lot of baggage, and uh, I wouldn't touch him. But Ray Rice, I agree, he can help. You don't just fall off from being considered the top two or three all-around backs in the league. I mean, there's very few guys, Shady McCoy, uh, Arian Foster when he was healthy. There's a handful of guys that can equally impact the game, running the ball and catching out of the backfield. And that's Ray Rice. I mean, he can help any of the 32 NFL teams. So I'm really surprised, even last year, that nobody gave him a shot. Yeah, and obviously the two big news stories of the day with football, really there's like four of them. It's so much. It's amazing. My guy, Le'Veon Bell, is facing a four-game suspension for missing a drug test. And, look, you know, he had the two games last year, you know, went down to two games for being caught in the car with marijuana um, with uh, your boy Blunt from the <laughs> from the former, you know, Steeler and Buccaneer and the Patriots. Um, you know, this is devastating. Honestly, I don't think it would derail the Steelers from the playoffs and potentially, you know, Super Bowl or anything like that. But with Bryant already being down, a stud wide receiver – and luckily the Steelers have Brown Sugar, as you always call him, Brown Sugar, baby, D'Angelo Williams to back him up, who was amazing as a backup last year. And we'll talk about fantasy football and have our fantasy preview at the end of August. But, you know, this just means, you know, maybe Bell won't be so battered and can have a great 12 games. But, Ray, I mean, what is what do you think about this? And then even signing him in the future because – Whatever the people disagree or or agree with the rules and marijuana versus pain pills and yada, 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 it's still what the NFL has on their books right now, and Le'Veon might be inactive, which kills me. I still come back to this notion. You're 25 years old. You have maybe five, six, seven good years, especially at the running back position. What are you doing? I mean, control yourself. Make your money, do what you got to do, and then when you're 32, 33, you retire, you ride off into the sunset, and you, you know, toke up or whatever you need to do. (laughs) But it kills me. It kills me how these young athletes have the world in their hands, and we're presuming he missed the test because he was hiding something. Um, 
but but even still, you know the rules. The rules are there. Nothing is a surprise. You know, I, I feel sometimes I feel bad for the guys who get busted for performance-enhancing drugs when they didn't know it was there. Like, they took something over the counter and there was a little bit of gray area. There's no gray area here. You know the NFL's rules. you got to play by those rules. Right, but where do you think we're at with obviously our nation changing and turning and, you know, obviously because part of it is, look, it's like cigarettes and beer. Now they're starting to make money off of, um, you know, hemp and cannabis and marijuana, and a lot of states are legalizing it. Don't you think maybe the NFL either two things. One, change it because I could, a million people would tell you the pain pills, the codone and Percocet and all that stuff is way worse for you than hemp oil or cannabis. And I mean, maybe if you say, hey, it can't be smoked, but they can eat, you know, they could do edibles or put the lotion and the hemp oil in their body because these guys are in a type of pain that most people cannot relate to. It's human beings, 230 pounds or whatever, colliding into each other at four fours, four fives. It's un- it's unfathomable the pain they're in, and if you can treat it with something that's not going to give your internal organs failure and and issues, I think that that the NFL has a duty and a job to to change that rule immediately, not for collective bargaining, but like yesterday. And so I think they're they're failing their athletes. When you hear player after player, Eugene Monroe was just on Mike and Mike talking about it. He retired you know, from the Jaguars and Ravens offensive linemen, and he's like, look, I'm in too much pain, you know, and, and, and this stuff is not going to hurt me the way that these these drugs are, that the doctors are over-prescribing to these athletes. It's it's a serious issue, you know? No, I agree, and it's an issue nationwide. The problem is certain states have legalized marijuana, and many states haven't. So the NFL is a nationwide sport, 32 teams probably in what, 25 states. So you can't really be legal in certain states and illegal in other states. But yes, you're right. The NFL has to do something about pain management. Well, they cannot about- test for it, which is what they did for steroids back in the 80s. It could be, let's say, a banned well, substance, but they don't test for it. So it's sort of like they of do eye. it. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they got to do something. They they got to fig- they got to figure it out because it. it it's almost becoming childish. It, it just is. But you're right. You got to follow the rules, and I respect that too. Following the rules has got to come down to the next guy because we're going to Dallas, and you got a stud rookie that we don't even know. Now, look, I, I don't want to jump to any conclusions because he's accused of domestic violence, Ezekiel Elliott. The police said go to the prosecutor because there's three different stories: Ezekiel's story, his former girlfriend's story. And then I witnessed the story, and if the police were not willing to arrest him and put charges, then maybe there's a little, I don't know. But the, his girlfriend said he struck her you know, once or twice in the car when they were sitting in a parking lot in Ohio. I don't know, but this does not look good or smell good for your boy Elliot and the Dallas Cowboys when training camp hasn't even started. What, what do you think is going on with Ezekiel? Uh, so I have good, no right? idea. I have no idea, but it's the same concept. I mean, why are you not on your P's and Q's? You haven't even showed up for work day one. I mean, maybe you <laughs> did like rookie mini camp and yeah, the symposiums and all that stuff. But but come on, I mean, really, keep it tight, fellas. Keep it tight. 
You're the number four overall pick. Darren McFadden got hurt. You're the starting running back on the Dallas Cowboys. You are uh, set to make a lot of money. And about have to be the really, cat's meow. <laughs> and, and you can't get caught up in this nonsense. Uh, guys, get it together. I mean, too many lost and opportunities. Then, oh, right. You're totally right. But then on top of that, separate there have got to be major concerns in the, in the AFC South with J.J. Watt having back surgery. And I don't know if it's something that it just happened, an injury now, but they're saying he could be out up to 10 weeks. Now, training camp's a week away. The NFL season starts in about five and a half weeks, for, you know, so maybe six. So he can miss four games, like Le'Veon Bell being suspended for four games. If J.J. Watt is out four games for the Texans, right, where they're clearly going to have a battle with the Colts and the Jaguars for that division title, and chances are the way the AFC is that, you know, there's not going to be a wild card from that division, do you think this could potentially affect the Texans in a way that they do not make the playoffs this year? Absolutely. I mean, not only is his play on the field important, he's the leader in that locker room. He's the the rah-rah guy. He's the get-on-my-back guy. He's the guy that takes the heat when they're playing, not playing well. So, yeah, absolutely, their playoff chances are. And, hey, remember, they got a new quarterback. They got a whole new scheme now. They got – and he's not playing with, with Denver's defense and Peyton Manning, you know, breathing in his ear, giving him some, some pointers. So we don't know if Brock Osweiler is the real deal. So offense is a question. And we definitely don't know what this defense looks like without J.J. Watt. Hasn't missed a game in four years. So Houston's in trouble. That's, I think it's scary for the Texans and their fans because, honestly, yeah, you're hoping that Clowney is healthy and gets it together. But like you said, Watt, he frees up for Whitney Merciless, you know, for their linebackers, helps out that secondary. You know, Watt is always doubled and triple teamed. So, you know, he just changes the running game and the the pass protection for their team and getting to the quarterback. You got to believe, I mean, I mean, I thought the Jaguars are going to be better already and obviously – the Colts just being healthy and having somewhat of an offensive line, you got to believe they're much better. And that puts the Texans, we already, you know, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I already know, you know, they play the Patriots like week two or three. So he's, you know, he's going to, he's going to miss some serious stuff. And, um, Look, it's we we joke, right? But you treasure each week in the NFL and in college football because you only got sixteen, you know, sixteen games, seventeen weeks, sixteen games. So missing four, you know, people could say, oh, it's not that much for Brady, right? But that's because the Patriots and Belichick, and you're like, oh, well, maybe they go two and two or whatever. But someone like a Watt, like you said, who's, I mean, he's such a big factor. I. I would be definitely nervous as a, you know a Houston Texans fan, Ray. So, so you know, look, that's pretty much it for football. You know, keep it moving. I, I gotta ask you this though: What's going on with the Jets and Fitzpatrick now that they got Mo Wilkerson done? Do, do you think that they can finally? I mean, training camp opens up what twenty seventh, twenty ninth. 
are they going to get something done with Fitzpatrick, even a one-year deal, or is it just supposedly he put his home on the market in uh, Long Island by the training facility or whatever, or you know he was leasing it and now he, it's for sale? I don't know. Whatever. What do you, what's what's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen, man? I've always said they will come to a one-year deal, maybe one with an option. But the more these two sides keep digging in, the more I don't know. I really don't know. I, I thought it's a no-brainer. They they got to find the money somehow. And, you know, the Brickashaw and Clady, I thought there would be money freeing up, but I, both sides haven't come to the middle yet. So I'm, I'm every day that goes by, I'm more pessimistic. Geno Smith might be your starting quarterback. That's a that's a rough pill to swallow for any Jet fan. Um, and listen, maybe he, maybe Todd Bowles and and you know Scott McCagney, maybe they feel like, look, we don't want to overpay for him. We're probably not a Super Bowl team anyway. And you know, let's see, is Geno like we got to know, yes or no, one hundred percent. We got to know, can he do something or can he not? And then Aren't we at Hackenberg and Petty. Don't we know? Yeah, you're kind of sure. But, but, that we don't, but that remember, the man. Be, <laughs> no, no, but Ray, but, but be fair. He was doing good in training camp. Now, Fitzpatrick last year going into training camp was a little banged up, but Gino was ready to be the starter, and he hasn't played with any type of weapons like Marshall and Decker. So maybe you let him go out there and, and maybe after a couple of preseason games, maybe then they're more hyped to get, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick in, but maybe you got to give it a chance to see if, uh, if, it's, if Gino is your guy. I mean, I don't think he is, but maybe he surprises you throwing to, you know, some decent, you know, Jason, maybe Jason Morrow steps up a tight end. You got Forte out of the backfield, two legit receivers. They're working on the third receiver. Who knows? Maybe maybe Gino gets it done. Maybe he surprises us all, right? Well, put it Crazier like this. things have happened. The Jets' offense is ripe for even a decent quarterback to lead them to a good season. I mean, they have some good – the one thing they really don't have is that explosive, you know, 4-4, four, 4-3, four, 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 four guy. But other than that, they have very good football players on that team, especially, you know, we're talking now on the offensive end. So – even a decent quarterback, and maybe that's what they're thinking. They just want a quarterback that doesn't turn it over and doesn't make mistakes. The problem is Geno does turn it over. Geno is the is the poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick no, he's turns Mark it over Sanchez. way too much. He's Mark Sanchez's <laughs> illegitimate brother. <laughs> that, that's, let's be real, man. He's all right. I don't know. So before we get to some fun stuff with the baseball and the Hall of Fame and introduction, you know, uh, you know, announce um, you know, introductions this this weekend with Piazza and Griffey, we got to talk some NBA, man, because you know there's been some some signings and the Olympic team is getting ready and they're practicing with the select team. I think they might even have a little tr- game or scrimmage tonight. I'm not too sure. I can't remember, but. How about this? Your boy Dirk Nowitzki resigns, and it's not for peanuts. He gets what he deserves and what Dwayne Wade wanted, $50 million with the Dallas Mavericks for two years. Now, he's also given discounts for the last two or three seasons, but I'm just happy to see Dirk. I think he'll play two more in Dallas, $50 million, 25 a year, and then he rides off in the sunset, the best Maverick in history. Are you happy for Dirk? Is that the right way to go for no, the ownership absolutely. and everything? I think it's great. 
And you know what? I got to pull up the NBA's all-time leading scoring list because he's at oh, number he's gonna seven. Climb it. He's at number seven right now. Dirk Nowitzki yeah. is the seventh leading scorer in NBA history. This cat that, that that the the Mavericks traded for, traded up to get, and people like oh, another European guy, seven footer. No, he he's the real deal. And if he plays two more years and he averages what, let's say eighteen, nineteen, twenty a game for uh, you know, call it, let's say he plays one hundred and fifty games, that's three thousand more points. Dirk's gonna end up as like the fourth or fifth leading scorer in the NBA history. That's unbelievable. And he has a championship. So Dirk is can you be on Oh, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer and he's if we're gonna be fair, and I'm sure next year going into the season we'll have to reevaluate after LeBron's win and all the retirements are and you know, our top twenty list and I think Dirk would probably get in there. Is the top twenty all time. I mean we'll see after two more years where all the stats lie, but I think uh Without a doubt, man, this is uh, this is big. Now, speaking of big, the NBA made a big and smart and good-hearted decision. They officially pulled and moved the NBA All-Star Game for 2017 out of Charlotte because of the law that Charlotte had put into place and has not changed, you know, with the LBGTQ community and the bathrooms. And, and it's not even just about that. It's also about, you know, being able to, you know, fight for their jobs if they're fired and, you know, not being able to deal with lawsuits, yada, a whole bunch of stuff, right, in that law. But, um, you know, kudos to the NBA. It looks like they're going to move it to New Orleans, which I think is always a good time for any you know, Super Bowl or All Star Weekend, but I think uh, the NBA doing that is 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 the right thing to do and a responsible thing to do for you know all their corporate sponsors and everybody. So I applaud yeah. Silver for doing that. I, I do too. My only you know feeling is that it's I, I feel terrible for the Charlotte franchise. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. lost the team to New Orleans, got it back. But you're right. I mean, look, the the league operates in an environment where they operate in the United States and and they want to protect their players and their fans. And so they have every right to pull it, and and they did the right thing. And I hope that uh, North Carolina gets their act together so Charlotte can get this game back in 2019 maybe. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. How about this? A couple little signings. Your boy Yogi Ferrell agrees to a deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he played good in summer league. By the way, you like to laugh at me, but that summer league, the Thibodeau Classic, we call it, because Minnesota played the Chicago Bulls in the championship, and Denzel Valentine went off and you know hit a clutch shot. They, they went back and forth, these guys, Minnesota and Chicago, and Chicago Bulls pulled off the summer league championship in Las Vegas, but it was awesome. And uh, just seeing these teams go back and forth, it was great. And I think, as I keep saying in our show, and we'll you know do our NBA preview come the end of October, Ray, I think the Bulls and Timberwolves are going to surprise a lot of people with their talent from, you know, Dunn and Bobby Portis on the Bulls and, you know, the Timberwolves, all their young guys with Coach Thibodeau. It it's, should be fascinating and fun. I want to ask you this, though. Um, obviously, oh, Draymond settled. Uh, with uh, his, I guess, the Michigan State guy that he punked or punched or slapped. Uh, <laughs> so on the assault case, so they, I guess, uh, settled on some amount of money. But is, does Draymond need to 
calm it down a little bit. I mean, I think so. I think so. He need to be slapping uh, football players. I mean, from Michigan State, like, come on. No, he he doesn't because you know why? He's a champion, and he's not the underdog second round pick anymore. He's a NBA All Star. He's a you know Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year type of guy. He almost won his team an NBA Finals. I mean, did he play unbelievably in that in that uh, you know at the end of that Golden State ser- uh, oh, yeah. Cleveland series? He's 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 there. He's legit. I mean, the chip on your shoulder is fine on the court, but but you know leave that stuff alone off the court, man. You just because everybody. You're a target. When you're in the public eye, you're a target, and just you know, just mellow out, just mellow out, player. Just just be, have fun, and do your thing. But uh, you know, don't get yourself in trouble where you're going to miss games. Definitely not. So three and quick paycheck. things out of the Olympics. Demarcus Cousins says Carmelo Anthony is a great leader and his favorite player of all time. Manu Ginobili. Well, Marcus is not playing in the Olympics. Manu Ginobili almost signed with the Sixers because of his relationship with Brett Brown and really considered their offer before he, you know, re-upped with the uh, Spurs. So I thought that was fascinating, Ray. And then this one might make you chuckle, but you just never know. Want to see what you think. Um, oh, and your boy from NC State, Cat Barber, got a contract. Anthony Cat Barber agreed to a um, partially guaranteed deal uh, with the 76ers. So that's good. They're, they're trying to figure out which point guard will work with Ben Simmons and stuff like that. But Derek Rose said today, right, the Knicks and the Warriors are the, are the two super teams in the NBA. So I guess he feels that his big four with him, Porzingis, Noah, and Melo is equivalent to the Warriors' big four. Um is Derrick Rose crazy, or could there be some truth to it if these guys are at their best and completely healthy? Or how do you do you laugh at it? I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> um, if this was five be years nice. ago, if this was five years ago, and Derrick uh-huh. Rose was the MVP, and Carmelo was in his prime, and Noah was and healthy. Noah was- and Porzingis was, let's say, five years in the league, then I'd say he has a chance to be right. But this is the 60% of MVP Derrick Rose. This is the 60% of Noah. Uh, Carmelo's at 80%, 70% of his prime. And, and Porzingis is the only one kind of on the upswing because he's so young. So, no, he's not right. But that's okay. I, I like his attitude. I like trying to deflect some of the heat and, and bring it on him and try to bring this team together. So I like I like what he said, but it's definitely no truth in what he said. But doesn't hurt anybody to, to you know go in with a good feeling. Hey, listen, we talked to Al Trowick and Anthony Donahue about our Knicks. You know, we had them both on recently, even John Sally and surprisingly, you know, two of them are Knicks, but all three of them thought that the Knicks could be a lot better this year and, you know, potentially playoff teams. And so, you know, look, you you got to think positive. And I just don't think, look, Derrick Rose, 17-6, and six, his first year back from the injuries, I believe he could be better this year. But I just, you know, like you said, he's just not healthy like he was. And, 
I don't know if Noah will be ever healthy like he was. So I guess it's a wait and see with the Knicks. But as a Knicks fan, can't we just we can hope. can't we just dream for a minute and click our heels and just imagine well, that's that? That's what preseason it, is for, and that's why you watch <laughs> summer league because you've got a dream. Yeah. You got to have have hope. You, you well, you know dream. what? Well, let's make that speaking of dreams, the baseball. Yeah, let's oh, yeah. talk about fulfilling. That's dreams. a great dream. Well, these guys totally right. Go ahead. They fulfilled the dream. Yes, everybody wakes up as a young baseball player. Your first dream is to make it to the league. Then your next dream is to be an all-star and then champion and then Hall of Famer. And so we got two Hall of Famers in Ken Griffey and Mike Piazza. Totally different backgrounds, right? Griffey is the son of of a great you know, borderline Hall of Fame player himself. And Mike Piazza was a throw-in. Tommy Lasorda drafted him because he knew his dad. And yet both of them end up as Hall of Famers. So let me hear your thoughts. What do you think about those guys? What's your standout memory? Um, I still, even though I don't really wear it and it might be kind of old and ripped up, I still have a Ken Griffey uh, jersey. And from the Seattle Mariners, he wore 24 like Willie Mays, and he was the kid, not to say, hey, kid, but I got to say, you know, you have got to love uh, everything that he represented and stood for, and I think he had the natural breakdown and injuries like Willie Mays that players get as they get older because he didn't cheat and take steroids and stuff like that. And if he would have stayed healthy, might have climbed up. I think what he's fifth on the home run list behind Willie Mays is fourth. So, you know, he's just a great hall of famer, 10 time gold lover. And Griffey was just the guy, one of the best swings, one of the best uh, catchers, five tool player. Yeah. Lefty. uh, Just awesome. And, and Piazza was amazing too, right? Just, he made you like the Mets best hitting catcher with Johnny Bench, probably neck and neck. And he was just, he was clutch, man. Piazza was so clutch, and he made the Mets exciting again. So I, I tip my hat to both of them, and it's well-deserved. Yeah, you know, totally different players, but one was just natural. You know, Ken Griffey, everything looked easy. And I think what goes unrecognized is how dominant he was defensively. He, Like you said, 10-time gold glover. He was the best center fielder for a long time. And then Mike Piazza, you know, gritted his way to – Major League Baseball, and then just was an unbelievable offensive player. Wasn't quite the defensive player that some other Hall of Fame catchers were, but you know what? Heck of a ball player and just showed up game in and game out. And both of them worthy, worthy Hall of Famers. And very nice to see, especially Piazza, a guy who was drafted really, really late in his career, wasn't the son, wasn't the number one overall pick, wasn't the, the, the star child, who, who lived up to his, who fulfilled his destiny, no doubt, Ken Griffey. But, you know, it's, it's more, you know, sort of heartwarming to hear the story of the guy that kind of maybe never should have been drafted ends up going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, and goes from the Dodgers to the Mets and just an amazing career. And some of the Mets fans and just baseball fans at the end wanted him to go to the American League and extend his career and even, you know, increase his stats by maybe being a DH, excuse me, and he never did. But you know what, he he wanted to stay at catcher. Maybe he was stubborn, but, you know, you, you give him credit. And 
He, um, you know, wasn't the greatest defensive catcher, didn't have a great arm. He, he called a pretty good game, as most people would say. But uh, I just salute my hat. I, I think it's a great day for baseball. You know, we'll hear their speeches. And, um, you know, I, I just hope that one day maybe some other guys get in, Rose, Bonds, and Clemens. That's how I feel, man. So, listen, great show. And, you know, it's a quiet sports weekend. Uh, but there's baseball, baby. There's baseball, you know, so it should be a lot of fun. Everybody stay safe out there. We send our prayers to Munich, Germany, and and just hope we can have some peace worldwide. That's that's all we need for at least a couple of days in a row. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can we get that, Ray? We're not asking for much. Just a few days in I, a row. Yeah, thanks for letting us be a distraction. And, oh, I did not like the WNBA players getting fined. I mean, that's like, come on, I don't know about that. You know, people want to do a show, whatever, let them show, whatever, you know. But, um, hey, we just need peace. That's all we need. Have a great sports weekend. See you on Monday.